Hey, everybody. <laughs> did you miss me? I bet you did. Welcome back to Dustin's Vinyl. Very excited. We got the green screen today. See that? Look at the logo. Pretty exciting. I'm in a barn in Maine. That's right. We're traveling on the road. It's uh, Dustin's Vinyl on the road. Uh, very excited to... Um, you know, be with you guys day before Thanksgiving. I'm sure a lot of you are hanging out with your parents and uh, family and extended family. And sometimes you need a break and uh, vinyl and records and music is really the best break away from a family. I don't know how many times music has saved me from my dysfunctional family. <laughs> so i uh, glad you guys are tuning in. Uh, very excited. We have some good news coming up soon. We're going to be live on Twitch, which is coming out um, next week on Wednesdays. Uh, we'll be every Wednesdays at 7. Very excited for that. And uh, we're going to be doing some live interaction stuff. So that'll be fun to uh, interact with you guys live. So uh, we're going to, I'm, you know, a little trying to get my studio thing going here. Let me do the random pool of the day and uh, might be playing because, you know, I don't have my stuff with me. But uh, this is a gentleman who I think saved country music, Mr. Chris Stapleton. Uh, this is a great album. This is from the A Room. If you don't know much about the A Room, it is the RCA studio in Nashville. Um, it is uh, probably one of the most famous, next to maybe Sun Studios, um, record studios of all time. A lot of people, uh, everybody from the Beach Boys uh, to Dolly Parton to Joe Cocker. Um, it's just it's something about the sound of the actual studio. Everybody says it's just like this place where it just kind of has this kind of vintage Nashville, you know, sound. And a lot of people love recording there. And so uh, Chris Stapleton, uh, his first album, I believe, was Traveler. And this is kind of the follow up. Um, he did two albums from the A Room, which is the name of that studio, the RCA A Room. He did two albums. Uh, there's a volume one and two. This is the volume two. And if you don't know much about Chris Stapleton, um, you probably do by now, but he is an amazing songwriter. Like he, uh, he has over 30 songs that are hits out from other people, from Kenny Chesney uh, to uh, Darius Rucker, to all these people, um, at least over 30 songs that he sold. And that's how he kind of got his start, was just, you know, kind of writing songs for people. And he's an amazing, amazing songwriter. And his own stuff is amazing as well. It has just such soulful stuff. And it reminds me of country in the 70s. And to me, that's the best country. Um, just all that kind of old school Waylon Jennings and, you know, Merle Haggard and Chris Christopherson. It kind of has all that kind of feel of a vintage country sound. Uh, this is a really cool album. Uh, uh, it's got such good stuff. Uh, Midnight Train in Memphis, which is great. Uh, Friendship uh, is a really good song, and Millionaire. All the songs on this are fantastic. And if you could get the volume set, uh, which is uh, volume one and two, it's a really, really good collection to have. So, uh, yeah, Chris Tableton is just like one of those guys. There's certain guys that are kind of coming up. Uh, Sturgis Simpson, Sergio Simpson, and uh, Chris Tableton are guys that kind of, you know, bring country back to the way it was, kind of just this you know, kind of, kind of blue collar kind of sound, not this fancy country that you see a lot today. You see a lot of like a slick country, you know, where they, <laughs> where they got just the, you know, the ponytails and the videos and the stuff, but, uh, this is really good stuff. So get you some Chris Stapleton. You won't, you won't, uh, you won't go wrong with Chris. He's really a soulful, great country artist. And the thing is with him, he's kind of a crossover country guy as well. 
Uh, he opened, listen to this, he did a tour with Bob Seger, which makes a little bit of sense, but he also opened up for Guns N' Roses, which, um, you know, just, just the idea of that concert tells you a little bit about, you know, kind of how his music transcends. So he's a really cool musician. So get you some uh, Chris Stapleton and on vinyl, it's really good on vinyl because it has that kind of you know, crackling sound that every, everybody needs to hear. So that is my pool of the day. Uh, Chris Stapleton, a great country uh, musician. So very excited to share that with you guys. And I hope you go out there and get you uh, the Room A series of Chris Stapleton. So uh, that's that's our pool. Let's uh, bring in the co-host, my main man in his, in his blue closet. <laughs> 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 the man I love talking music with so much that we uh, decided to do a show together. Ladies and gentlemen, we're going to have Jeffrey Paul in the building on the hey. internet. What's up, Thank buddy? You. Yeah, this is this is it's supposed to be atmosphere for what we're going to talk about. But yeah. um, hey, where would you put um, uh, Dwight Yoakam in as a country artist? Would you say he's one of those slick guys or is he a, an old school guy? He's definitely an old school guy. I mean, he uh, came up through Buck Owens and like all that kind of uh, Bakersfield, uh, Roy Clark and all that. He played with all those guys. So, yeah, he's definitely it was the last concert I saw was Dwight Yoakam. He's, yeah, he's uh, great, right? Yeah, he's fantastic. So he's definitely, yeah, he he's kind of an old school guy that kind of he keeps it he keeps it twangy, and I like twangy old school country. Yeah. You know, I don't want country to have too much, you know, like I said, slickness to it. Like, did you see that movie with um, what was that country movie? The guy, uh, Jeff, what's his name? Jeff famous Buckley? actor. Jeff, famous oh, well, actor. Um, Jeff. Um, Jeff Bridges. Jeff Bridges. Yeah. Did you see that movie? Yes. Yes. Great. No. What's the name of the movie? God, we should know these. We should know these things. Two old guys trying to remember titles. <laughs> Some about a country singer. <laughs> He's yeah. on the Which road, plays bowling alleys. <laughs> two, two, oh wait, um, what the Great Lebowski? Oh, shut up! Did you just say Great Lebowski? <laughs> yeah, really? Is that the country music movie? Oh, I don't know. It's not even called the Great Lebowski. It's called the Big Lebowski. We, it's we can't even get the like, fucking title right. <laughs> it's something country music. Something music. We'll get it right. Um, but anyway, plays the country singer, but then there's like a young kind of, you know, guy, it's, uh, Colin Farrell plays the, uh, Colin, what's his name? Oh my God. We can't think of any names. Anyway, it's got a ponytail. It just shows the difference between old school country and new country and just kind of, you know, I don't know I feel like the old stuff is kind of what we crave and the new stuff is fun. There's some good pop stuff out there. I like a good Kenny Chesney song once in a while. I like a good Tim McGraw song, but, uh, you know. I do, I would kind of stop after about 82, you know, a lot of my country just kind of, kind of dials back. I mean, Dwight Yoakam, I think, like you said, is somebody that, you know, he can do some modern newer songs and Love I'll kind him. of get into them, but his covers yeah, are great man. too. He did a purple rain cover. Have you heard that? His purple uh, yes. rain. So good. Yeah. But yeah, when uh, Prince yeah. died, everyone did. And he wound up doing, I, I heard, I actually saw twice Paul Anker uh, do purple rain in concert. Nice. Chris Stapleton, yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, Chris is good. That's uh, such good stuff. I don't know. Try to get people hooked on him. But can you imagine that concert? Like Guns and Roses. That's like a great show, man. I would that's love fantastic. that. Well, that's such a good you, build. Because, yeah. Yes. I think the problem I have with a lot of concerts is the opening band. I have this with comics, too. I have opening bands sound like, you know, they sound close to the, uh, uh, you know, original, the, the headliner band. Like that, I, you know, you see, you could see like a lot of times a band will sound similar and it's like, exactly. I want something completely different, you know? A hundred percent. I agree with, I couldn't agree with you more. Yes. Yeah, this makes it more interesting. 
One time I saw Queen on the Hot Space Tour, and the opening act was uh, Billy Squire. Oh, I love Squire, man. <laughs> Talk about a guy that like deserves to be in the conversation, but got you know lost in the '80s. He's fantastic. I still love yeah. all the all his. He has like seven good hits. You know, they're fantastic. Absolutely. You know, struck but that me one video one killed gr- him. I what what killed him? That that one video killed him. Which one? Rock, the Rock Me Tonight video. Why did it kill him? Oh, you never seen? Yeah, well, you have to watch the video. Well, talk to uh, me. I'm talking to you. Why did it kill him? Because he came across as such a mo. What do you mean by mo? <laughs> You're from Staten Island. I don't understand this language. <laughs> okay, because because he's like on a bed and in, in satin sheets and he's wriggling around on the bed and crawling. It's just like, it's like, ugh. like you see, it's like, dude, you trying to make him sexy? Box. Is that what? I don't know what the fuck he was trying to do. Oh, yeah, That's he was trying hilarious. to be sexy. He's wearing like like a shirt, but the shirt's pulled down, and you can see his shoulder. And he's trying to be all like sultry. It's like, <laughs> man, you know, you you would never see you know, like, rock stars don't do that. Not you. And well, he just blew it. That's really funny that you said that because I think. Um, I don't know. I feel like uh, Axl Rose, like I hate the, um, like my girl loves the illusion stuff and uh, illusions or whatever. I hate those albums. So and, I, I hate, and I hate really? that video where he's like wearing like a tuxedo and the thing with the, like, you know how I feel about orchestra music. Oh, so you don't like November yeah. Rain? <laughs> I hate that song. I don't like Oh, it. God. Yeah. I don't like it. Sorry. I just don't I like it. I'm an appetite for destruction guy, and that's about it. That's where I tap out. That's where I tap out. I tap out. (laughs) You know, they did their masterpiece, and that's it. You know, it's like Sex Pistols have one album. In my opinion, Guns N' Roses have one album. On on appetite, and not appetite. On on illusion. Did you like? um, I could. uh, You could be mine. It's okay. I mean, it's good. It just doesn't. It's pretty good. I just. I'm just. I like Mm. appetite. I just don't. I can't. You know, I'm sure it's a good song and I have to like go through some shitty ones to get to it, but I just don't, I don't know. I just don't like the vibe of the band by them. And I think it's kind of like with this Billy Squire thing you're talking about. I feel like it's like they just got too popular and then that's when they, the music changes sometimes. I'm going to send you the video. I'm sending you I've the video. I've seen tonight. it. I'm sure I've seen it. I, I know the it's song. Disgusting. I, I can hear it in my head. It's, it's a great song. Okay. The video stinks. Okay. Well, it's, you know appetite that's all i don't love guns and roses but i love appetite for destruction i feel like that's a perfect album it's a perfect rock album like it's from you know top to bottom it's a perfect rock album but i just it's a great album you know, yeah we just i don't know i got i've seen axel live and like he choked out after four songs he couldn't sing anymore like he can't do a lot of that stuff live that he was doing on the album you know and so it's like you know it's like he's just like in back drinking tea while slash is doing a 40 minute solo you know it's like i'm just not a fan of all the drama of guns and roses and all that crap i just mm. you know i just like the one album you know that's just that's just me it's like i'm sure there's it's some you. i mean you know i even the last one there was a couple of songs on it that were terrible there was a chinese democracy or something i didn't like that album there's a couple that were okay. It was, I yeah. mean, I've never, it was way overproduced, you know. A hundred percent. But yeah. Yeah. Um, well, what the album that we're going to talk about today, did you get a chance to listen to it? I did. Let's, let, let's, let's do it, man. Let's talk about <laughs> Rush 2112. What'd you think? You know, it's, uh, it's, it's, yeah, it's, it's a great, great album. It's, uh, it doesn't even feel like rock. It feels more like a Mozart or something. 
you know, it feels like there's a, anything that, that opens with an overture. Very true. Yes. <laughs> it, it's, you know, it's, it's a whole other thing and it's, uh, it's kind of spacey and weird. And I, you know, that this, you know, they were so funny back then, you know, <laughs> with these outfits. Well, let's, these, <laughs> well, let's, let, let's, let's talk about this for a second because this is their fourth studio album. And the story with this, I listen, this is a band that's on my Mount Rushmore. If I only have four bands, it's Iron really? Maiden, Black Sabbath, Rush, and the Smiths. Okay. okay. Um, but the story with this was the album before this was called Caressa's Steel. And um, they were on the verge of dropping Rush from, from the label. They, they were recorded for Mercury. And okay. their, their uh, Caressa's Steel had, came, had two minor hits, had Lakeside Park and Bastille Day. And their A&R guy kind of like said, let's just give them a, a chance. Let's give them one more chance. And this is what they produced, man. 2112, um, it comes out. It, it, what I like about this, that it was recorded in February of 1976 and it's released in April of 76. So, I mean, they just like two months and bang, it's, it's out. Uh, it opens to... Great reviews. Uh, it's number five on the Canadian charts, number 61 on the Billboard charts. And it's the lyrics, the story is written by drummer Neil Pert, who later on writes all their, their uh, lyrics. And the yeah. music is by Alex Lifeson and Getty Lee. And it's, it's, it's to me, it's their masterpiece. Like you said, you know, it is Mozart. It's, you know, the first, the first side is an over 20 minute, just story. It's a futuristic science fiction story that takes yeah, that takes place in the year twenty one twelve. Listen, you got to listen to this with headphones on. I did. That's what I did today on right. vinyl. On vinyl with headphones. I mean, how perfect is that? That's the seventies. That's exactly how it was supposed to be, right there. Uh, I, I, you know what? I'm going to reveal something to you. That, <laughs> I can't believe I'm going to put this out there. Put it but, out there. Uh, this is about oh, vulnerability. Man. I'm taking a leap here. Me and my friends, what we used to do when this came out, we were in high school, maybe freshmen in high school. We used to smoke weed, put this album on, then go into, it sounds so gay. We'd go into the um, his parents' bedroom and- <laughs> No gayer than this image. <laughs> that's pretty gay. <laughs> <laughs> with a naked dude okay we were naked but, but, we would, but what we would do is they the parents had like this big king-size bed and yeah. we would go on it and just like shut the lights and just fight we would wrestle and we'd fight until the end of 2112 <laughs> so you would get punched in the like, like we'd come out of there sweaty and bruised wow that's we, hilarious there's so much staten island male aggression going on as long as nothing popped out you're good <laughs> yeah yes close stayed on <laughs> i did feel a bony pickle once in a while but you know, I, I, I appreciate I, you sharing that with me we've, we've all had them weird moments you know and, yeah. and, and, well rush is one of those bands you know it's like any you know they don't judge so there right. uh, and 
Adam, I think, said this last week on the show, and I agree with him when he said that this is one of only two bands that you can wear the shirt when you go to the concert. Oh, my God. You two with your rules. Who cares? <laughs> like, a, it's a rule. <laughs> it's not a rule. It Listen, if me and you were going to a Guns N' Roses concert, you can't wear a Everybody Guns N' Roses Everybody wears shirt. the GNR shirt. No, shit. no. Yes, they do. You I've no, seen no. it. I've been to a GNR show. Everybody wears it. Well, they're wrong. You got to wear an Aerosmith shirt. Are they wrong? Shirt. Who are you to say they're wrong? <laughs> Somebody because out I, there I, loves <laughs> iron, and it's only the bands you love, which is really like kind of you know fascist in your rock and roll vibe. <laughs> it's only Iron Maiden <laughs> and Rush, and only Rush, the bands it. that you love the most. I like Sabbath. I wouldn't wear a Sabbath shirt to a Sabbath concert. Who cares what you wear, man? No, I'm not there for the people. I wear my Juice Priest shirt. Oh, shit. Or I wear my deep purple gay. shirt. Why? Why would you say that about Jews Priest? <laughs> but you're not there for the people. You're there for the band. So for you people out there that wear your shirts to all the shows, who cares? Nobody cares. Only Jeff and Adam, apparently. I don't care. Well, I say I, I, I would wear this to a, a Gary Clark Jr. show. I don't give a shit. I wear whatever, man. I don't care. In the comments, when people watch us, please just could people like just put your opinion. Do you wear the shirt of the band that you go see? Um, but let's talk about 2112. It's, <laughs> it's about it's about individualism. It's about creativity being outlawed. OK, uh, and a population that is controlled by these priests that live in the Temple of Syrinx. I'm glad and, you explained this because I don't understand any of it. I just know there's some good guitar riffs and some great drumming. Yeah, That's really yeah, all so I get it, from it. No, it, it's a story. It's a whole story. That's what Please it tell is. tell me because I don't get yeah. it at all. Um, yeah. So, you know, it, it starts, you know, um, like you said, it starts with the, with the overture, which is amazing, and then goes into the, the Temple of Syrinx. And it, it's the introduction of the priest. And they're telling you what's allowed, what isn't allowed. And, you know, again, no music, no, you know, in the vat, you listen, you, you're going to be told what to do. And then yeah. the second song, it's not, it's all, it's all big, one big opus uh, is called the discovery. And uh, there's a man and, and there's no name to, to this guy. Uh, and he finds an old beaten guitar and you know it because uh, you hear running water, and then you hear him like, you know, fiddle with the guitar and like you hear the effects. That's why it's great to listen mm -hmm. to with uh, headphones on. Yeah. Uh, and he's plucking at the strings. There's no song, just plucking at the strings. And, you know, music is rediscovered. So then he takes the, the guitar to the priests and he's like, look what I found. And you Getty Lee, when he's singing, when he's singing the part of the man, he's singing it like, you know, like very softly like you know like you know you can't believe i found this and then when the priests come in it's like yes we know it's nothing new it's all just a waste of time yeah you know, he still like, sounds like a chick both times but he's amazing well, he, sing, he sings <laughs> in a range that no one else could sing at, you know i mean and, and he and the thing he's doing this while playing bass uh and playing keyboards with his like uh like like his elbows you know i mean he's playing yeah. keyboards bass singing at the right. same time sure. oh my god three guys making all that sound yeah, and then then the next part of it is something called the oracle and the oracle is like a dream and the dream is this guy realized like what would it be to be like in a world where creative people live uh and he realizes uh that the world that he lives in now it's forbidden and then he mm -hmm. kills himself wow you know because you don't want to live in a world like that and then it ends with this grand finale and you hear like all type of sounds and then there's yeah. like an interplanetary fight uh 
and it be, and it <laughs> ends with uh, like, like like an announcement, like you know something out of 1984, and you hear like over and over again, "Attention, all planets of the Solar Confederation, you've assumed control." Unbelievable. We have assumed control. Kind and of that's how like side this, one ends. It sounds yeah, it sounds like this past election. You know what I mean? That, that's how I yeah, felt. It, it's <laughs> there are so many parallels to what's going on in the world yeah. now with, with what's going on in, in Russia's future uh version of what the world is. And that side too is just a straight up album. And there are five songs, but there are two songs that that stand out to me. Um Passage to Bangkok, which is a great song. Uh, it takes you on a journey. I love that little, he does a little yeah, uh, kind of Asian thin, thin, sound thin, in the middle. Yeah. Yes, yes. And that was basically uh, inspired by the uh, Zeppelin song, Kashmir. Mm. And um, it's really a song about going to all these different places to find weed. That's, that's <laughs> See, I thought that I was inspired about. by, I think I'm turning Japanese. Um, that's <laughs> <laughs> and then, <laughs> and, and yeah, okay, that's good. <laughs> and then you have the keep song, fun here, Jeff. Keep going. You're doing yeah, great. Yeah, then you have the song <laughs> The Twilight Zone. And yeah. it's it's because they were huge Ron Sterling fans. In fact, the album before that we just mentioned, Caressa Steel, is dedicated to Ron Sterling, you know, because he had just passed away when that album came out. Mm. So they and in fact, uh, uh two episodes are even uh referenced. Uh, on it. it's you know the they talk about the um, the episode where the guy has the um, the eye you know remember you know uh, the, the Martian yeah 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 were you were you a were you a, a, a Twilight Zone guy I was yeah I still am I don't feel like I've seen an, all of them though but I I I try to watch as much as I can yeah um, on uh, usually on New Year's they yeah, do like do a, marathon. a marathon it's fantastic. Yeah, yeah, I no, love, I love them. I do. I love all that stuff. You see such great actors in it and stuff. It's great, right? So yeah, so Rush was really they loved they loved uh, the Twilight Zone. So they they did a song where they referenced a couple of songs in him. So yes. you can see where Neil Peart gets his inspiration from. You know, he he was this visionary. He was more than just a the best drummer who ever lived. He was an amazing, amazing writer. And all these guys are off the charts talented. Sure. Yeah, it's, you know, Rush is one of those bands that, um, you know, it's there's it a lot of multi-layered things happening with Rush. You know, it's like uh, yes. Rush came out when I when I was first exposed to Rush, it was probably moving pictures. And uh, I feel like, um, yeah, it's another situation where I felt like their best song wasn't the song that they played over and over, which is Tom Sawyer. And so I feel like that's how I was introduced was by this song over and over and over. And then, and then eventually I, you know, other albums kind of came up into my life. This is actually, I pulled this, I, this, I love this album. I think this, is a, nice. this, yeah. is, this is a great album as well. And, you know, I'm not like one of these, like, you know, nerdy rush fans where i you know kind of like went to all the, i never seen them in concert or anything but it's one of those bands where it's like you know the more you listen to it you get it you know and uh, i really loved i saw their hall of fame induction and that was pretty cool and just watching you know them play and stuff and so i'm getting i'm getting more into rush i think the older i get it's kind of one of those bands that kind of you know i feel like there's definitely they're not a sexy band. So I can see like when you're like a young teenager, it really depends on, you know, where I, I feel like this is what would have happened to a Van Halen if David Lee Roth hadn't come along. Like there's something, there's something about this band. that's like, they don't give a shit about 
anything but just the music. Agreed. Like it's not about this yes. sex appeal and getting girls. If you go to the shows, I'm sure it's mostly guys. It's no girls. Yeah. It's, it's all, Wait, it's is, all Adam, is Adam here? Adam, Adam you there? Adam. Adam, we need you. Adam, have you ever seen Rush in concert? No, I've always wanted to. I um I was I, I I've been by Prudential when the concert has happened, but I haven't uh mm. haven't actually been to one. Yeah, no, because Dustin said that something. I just wanted a little reinforcement on this. Yeah, there are no there is no line for the women's room at the oh, yeah. at the yeah. Rush concert. <laughs> it's like a Steve Vai show. Yeah, there's no chicks. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. It's, Wait, it's, same it's thing old. with Ma- uh, same thing with Maiden also. Yeah, there's certain bands that just kind of appeal to, you know, the youth of men, you know, young guys and whatever. But yeah, it's, you know, it's, it's it, it, listening to this album today because I haven't heard it in a long time. Some of the songs I hadn't heard at all because it's like you just heard whatever hits you heard as a kid on the radio. But it's a great, great album. It's really, I mean, they're so talented. Just the drum, because you could pick out different things. Like if you just concentrate on the drumming, you're just like, you're in awe by just, nobody's ever drummed like that ever in the history of time. I mean, you can compare drummers. It's just, you're not going to compare to Neil Peart. Like he's just one of those guys that like, he's the Jimi Hendrix of the drums. Like he's just that guy. And so it's, it's nice when you can just kind of enjoy that and kind of like focus in on it. You know, it's beautiful. And like I said, it's, you know, when, when you, when you, the beginning, like when the overture really kicks in and you're hearing the power that he's playing with, but then there's also like the fills that he's doing, you know, and it's like you, some drummers, like, like, like Keith Moon, played on a small traditional kit. When you look at what Neil Peart was playing on, oh, I remember I, I saw mean, that as a kid. It was phenomenal. Yeah, I remember you were surrounded by the, so uh, cool. the drums. Those and he gongs, was using every, gongs, gongs, you know, gongs, millions right. of like little, like little, little tom tom drums. You know, and then you had Alex Lifeson, who was always overlooked, but an amazing guitar player. And the lead that he does during the overture and Temples of Syrinx are just. Yeah. They're just, they're just so good. And like you said, they didn't care about image. They didn't care about, about chicks. It was all about the music and in this story. Yeah. You know, I'm not going to lie. Um, it's taken me probably how many years on this earth to really get used to Getty's voice. Sometimes it get kind of pierces me a little bit. <laughs> I feel like he's a guy that could break a glass with his voice. Like it, it you know, it, it, it's definitely, it, takes the appreciation of the entire band to really get on board with Rush, where I could see where, you know, that might've been my, you know, some people might not have been into Rush is a little bit, because I think musically it's perfect, but sometimes that voice is, you know, it's, it's, you really got to love this band and really, you know, to, to kind of like be okay with that. That's that high, high, high. I mean, I, I don't know if he has testicles. Like it's the highest voice <laughs> I've ever heard in my life from a man. It's like Michael Jackson pipes, you know, it's like, it's unbelievable how high he gets for a rock guy. I mean, you know, I mean, it's, I don't know. That's just what I, that's something that it's taken me a while. If I were to not listen to Rush, it was like, because of that, like it's taken me, you know, I'm maturing as a, as a music person, but that that's one thing that it took me a while. That's why I'm not probably as big of a rush guy as you are. Just it took me a long time to kind of gravitate towards that because of that. Because his voice sometimes a little grating. There are there are a required taste or unacquired taste. Yeah. Um, yeah, they're, they're definitely not for everybody, but I don't think there's any denying just how 
great they are musically. You, um, you, you know, and, I just want to interrupt one thing. Um, you know, it's interesting yeah. though, listening to this album particularly, and because last week you said you don't like jam bands, I think they're a, definitely a jam band, and not maybe a bluesy jam, but a you know, but they jam. I mean, they there's like songs that are but they're you know, hard. They're, they're still hard. jam band. They're still jam. Yeah, band. Like, yeah. I, well, I like that. <laughs> I, you know? I know, but you said I don't like jam bands, and I would put them in kind of another category of jam band, but it's still a jam band. I like it. It's like like Tool, in my opinion, is a jam band, but I think Rush is is kind of close to that. You know, I don't well, know. Maybe well. If you listen to, I mean, it's not uh, fish, but you know, you know, no, but if you listen to like <laughs> albums like Hemispheres and you know, uh, moving pictures, I mean, I don't, I mean, there is a couple of like you know, instrumentals. Does that necessarily make you a jam band where, where there's no structure, where you're kind of like all over the place? And not that, that there's anything wrong with it, but like, I, you know, there's a, I can never listen to like a jam of Dave Matthews' band. Compared you keep, to, you keep hating to on my on my boy Dave, and I don't like it because um, it's like because it's lawyer music. <laughs> yeah. it's, lawyer, it's lawyer music. It's like yo, hell, let's get crazy on, on on casual Friday and wear our khakis and put on some Dave yeah, Matthews you know and the guy, can, the guy can play. There's certain guys that can play. He can play. Back off. Back off. We'll fight you for him. Um, I think when the song is more than keeps four or five minutes. Dave Matthews. <laughs> I don't love Dave Matthews. I just like, I just don't want to, you know, I, I just think everybody contributes. And I think a guy like that has contributed, you know, to the world of music. And it's like, uh, you know, I don't know. I can see some people just get caught up in, in bad PR and stuff. I don't know. Like, um, there's just good bands that get kind of caught up in like Nickelback is a good band and they I get shit on. I, why? Why? <laughs> Creed why is a decent get, band. Creed is it. And they Creed get shit good. on. Yeah, absolutely. You're the only one, Jeff, that knows that these two bands don't get shit on. Adam knows. No, yeah, they definitely get shit <laughs> no, on. I know. No, no, no. no Adam doesn't. I know they get shit on. I just don't think. It, oh. I just don't think it's right that they get shit on. Why do they like, think I Dave Matthews should get shit on? It's a certain kind of music. It's folk music. Who gives a shit if college no, kids like it? Who gives a shit? Dave Matthews is not the same as Creed. I bet they have as many hits. Well, they probably have more hits. Yeah. But I mean, I think I saw I saw Creed and Seven Dust. You know, they played together, and mm -hmm. Creed opened up with "What If," and it was so hard and it was so good. It's not nothing like Dave Matthews. I saw Dave Matthews. What, what some guy played a fiddle <laughs> with Macy Gray and it, at uh, MetLife, and it was a great show. And they had a guy playing. How a much fiddle did they pay you to go to that show? They didn't pay me. I did to get free tickets, but I. <laughs> <laughs> it's i think next to hendrix he does one of the best uh, along the watchtowers like i think i think it's a, a fantastic uh cover they have it's a beautiful beautiful uh cover of that i think they do a great job it is a good cover it's a it's better than u2's version i'll tell you that exactly u2 does the worst <laughs> covers they should never do a cover ever they're the worst cover helter skelter my god anyway <laughs> rattle and hum is a disaster but um back to rush <laughs> but i think a real music guy likes rush and i think that's why you know it's like it's you know kind of one of those bands that just kind of been around and did you see their induction to the hall of fame it was really cool uh, of, of course yeah, yeah. I, I love first of all i hate the rock and roll hall of fame because of you know, of, of their politics and who they put in and it took yeah. so much lobbying for for them to get in and the guy who inducted them was the guy who kept you know talking you know every year putting pressure dave grohl and foo fighters yeah that was a really yeah. cool 
um, kind of what he said too. And he kind of made fun of them with their, you know, outfits and shit. It was really, really great. <laughs> <laughs> their Luke Skywalker uh, outfits. <laughs> it was the night. This was, this was 70, wait, say 76? Yeah, it's different though. I mean, Robert Plant was wearing shit like this, but he looked good in it. Like this, these guys, they just, they're dorks. They're oh, music wait, wait, dorks. Wait. They're music dorks. They're not, they're, they're not wait, really wait. rock stars. They're music dorks. They're geniuses, but they're not rock stars. I, like it's a whole, gotta, other, I, I, a whole other thing. I got to call you out on the Robert Plant thing though. Robert Plant looked cool in it. He was wearing like a girl's top. He's wearing like little okay. All right. tops. Yeah. You go, you go call some of your old girlfriends <laughs> and you tell me that Robert Plant didn't look great. <laughs> okay. Who was cool? He wasn't. He wasn't Ozzy. Ozzy didn't look cool. Ozzy looked like a maniac. Robert but Plant Ozzy was, was fucking awesome. Man. Are you are you busting on Robert Plant? Like, I mean, he looked great. Like, what are you talking about? He had the perfect metal hair. Come on, dude. It's like, yeah, what are you talking was, about? He, he wore like a girl shirt. Yeah, so did every every band in the seventies. Ozzy did it, not Ozzy. Aerosmith. Uh, I mean, come on, man. We go all day with this. Like, I don't know. I just hate this shit. Like everyone, like you know, like would praise Zeppelin. I, I love Zeppelin, but everyone would praise Zeppelin, and then just like you know, and say like, "Oh, Sabbath isn't in the conversation." Of course, but Sabbath was in the. Nobody's conversation. talking about Sabbath right now. We all love Sabbath. We're just. <laughs> <laughs> these are dorks. <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> they're geniuses. But they're dorks. I'm going I'm to reveal. Might something even be else. on the spectrum. That's how good they are. <laughs> I'm going to reveal something else to you, man. <laughs> this is like ther- this show's like therapy for me today. When I was in high school, like like in 1979, um, Ozzy had left uh, Sabbath, and I remember just like being really like. I was really upset about it. And I was like at a party and this girl was talking to me and I was like, Oh man, but you know, like, I don't know. Ozzy, Ozzy left. And she's like, what, what are, what are you talking about? I'm like, yeah, they're getting this guy, Ronnie James Dio. I don't even mm-hmm. know who he is. Is Sabbath. Guy. She's like, why are you always talking about Sabbath? I used to wear like a, a Sabbath, like a um, denim jacket with the uh, cross on the back. It said Sabbath. I, you I have a mullet I'm, or a rat tail. Would you rock? Mullet. Nice. <laughs> Mullet. I mean, my high school graduation picture, I mean, it's out the here. It is long. It's like Bon Jovi. Like, it's really. Uh, we're yeah, going to bring, like, have to bring those pictures up. That's what we're going to have to do because I got crazy I'm pictures go- too. Yeah, I, I will bring it up, uh, I think, by uh, next week. You know, I'll, nice. I'll have some time. I was going to do it this week. I'm so, Adam, to- how, did you, how did you get into, like, older rock? Do you have, like, a brother <laughs> or a dad or something that got you into this stuff? Like, how do you, you have a really great palette of music? I'm just curious where it comes from. Yeah, it, from. Was, uh, it was my dad. He had a, just a massive vinyl, and especially CD. When CDs came out, he would just, I mean, he probably had thousands. And, oh, wow. um so that's how I got into a lot of it. And um, a lot of the classic rock, um, I mean, Pink Floyd's one of my favorite bands. I didn't get into them until freshman year of college. And what album was it? Um, so they were touring Pulse at the time. So that was 95. That was so, a uh, Division, uh, yeah, so it was right after uh, Division Bell. Great and, album. Um, High Hopes. Yeah, I never got it. And, and I, I just missed them. They had, they'd played Giant Stadium. I got into them. I was like, "Oh, I'll see them on their next tour," and that was it. <laughs> oh, but yeah. <laughs> uh, but I, I've seen I've seen Waters a bunch of times. I've seen. Um, Did you see him recently? Like the past couple of years, and I wondered. I heard that show was amazing. Yeah, and, uh, I saw him. I think the last time was probably during the Wall tour. I know he did the uh, Us and Them tour. Uh, I missed out on that one. 
Yeah, he really hated on Trump. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's why I'm a Gilmore guy. <laughs> Well, yeah, that's, um, you know, I, um, did your dad take you to shows at all? Like early, early on? Uh, no, later in his life, we actually went to a bunch of shows, but, um, but not really, uh, early on. Um, I, uh, yeah, I think it was mostly, there was, there was a, there was a stretch of, I think it was probably freshman year to junior year of college where I was just listening to nonstop classic rock. Nice. Um, so that was Brown's probably like the mid nineties. Yeah. I felt like with the grunge grunge was actually, you know, really good for classic rock because yeah. I think a lot of, you know, a lot of when grunge came out, all these kids are like that. And then it's like, then they had such a source to go back to. I think that's when they remastered like a lot of Led Zeppelin and, you know, different music that was the Sabbath, even like stuff like that, that was yeah. similar to what was happening. Well, Sa- Sabbath had uh, gotten like all the credit for inspiring uh, Soundgarden, and if you remember, yeah. Pearl Jam even I think went on tour with Neil Young because yeah. they had mm-hmm. always credited sure. uh, Neil absolutely. Young. And he kind of got like the reputation of being the father of grunge. Yeah, 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 absolutely. He's a flannel and everything, right? <laughs> but but the stuff that he did with uh, Crazy Horse, remember? That's a, that's a great album. Yeah, yeah. Um, Adam, going back to Pink Floyd for a second. Um, would would you say like everyone talks about the wall and dark side of the moon being like their their you know their top i really love wish you were here yeah you know um i think the song itself is great but i also think like like the, the recording of like a song like time and have a cigar you know they they're they're great great songs and like you know you know just like and and, and the and the, the beginning you know uh, i think Shine on your, your crazy diamonds on that too. Yeah. You know, an ode to uh, Sid Barrett. I love the diversity in the album. I think the people, everybody talks about the wall because when you hear it, it changes your life. Like that's that album. I mean, it's the movie blows me away. Like it yeah. still affects yeah. me in a way that's just music has never done that. What the wall does to me, you know, just listen and the dark side of the moon too, man. Just like talk about a, talk about a headphone listener, like listen to that with the headphones and the vinyl. Like that's a beautiful album. I think, I think you're right about what you said about the wall. I think the wall is kind of like uh like thriller. I mean, like when the wall was at its height, remember nothing. Speaks to you a little more than a thriller though. I mean, it was, oh, no, no, but I'm just talking about how it, yeah. how it just like dominated everything. It dominated yeah. all the charts. All that everybody talked about and all on the radio was everything on the wall. It was so, so, it was so huge. Yeah, but you, uh, you started to understand things through the wall, you know, kind of the, you know, the bullshit and government and war and people and just, com- con- you know, confirm, you know, I don't know, just and something the, about and it. And, and addiction. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, and chicks, and the chicks and all this stuff is great. And even being successful, it's like it's, you know, you can still be fucked up. And like, you know, it's just it's such a great, great album. Well, bring it back to, to 2112, because, you know, it, it's it's also talking about um, uh, isolation, <laughs> you know. Uh, so I, I think there are. I think there are parallels uh, there, and I think, and I think you know, I would love for like younger people. I hope there are some younger people who listen to this and really give this album a chance because I really think like this story and what and what they're we're talking about here really holds up today. It's almost like a cross, like you said, between like uh, uh, Beethoven and meets George Orwell. Yeah, yeah, with you know 
just it's yeah it's musically it really is kind of you know it's it's really has just kind of a symphony vibe to it it's beautiful it's so like, it's like it, the whole futuristic thing yeah like the thing is rush would never have to have a backup symphony band because they are kind of a symphony band to me you know what i mean like every like metallica and guns and all these bullshit they, they you know i hate that like they don't have to do that because they make that they make that sound with with three guys like they didn't need to do that they didn't need to make it bigger because they were already it was big enough in the sound you know so that that's what's really cool about them yeah and, and then the thing is like you know this album like i said became uh successful and they stayed on the label and they wound up having this hall of fame career yeah they're a good band the rush man it's like um you know i feel like it's a you know i just I remember seeing so many jean jackets with Rush on it. And it was a certain kind of guy. It was always in the smoking section in high school. You know? <laughs> <laughs> That's how old we are, Adam. We had we had smoking sections in our high school. <laughs> you, could, you could just show up and smoke a butt like right before first period. <laughs> yep. <laughs> smoking. Did you have a did you have a smoking section? Uh, nah, Jeff, no, you, had to, you uh, did. I know you did, but Jeff, no, you had to you sneak them out. A smoking <laughs> section in high school. <laughs> yeah, did you have one? No, I, it was kind of like Adam. We used to have to smoke in the woods. We had a freaking yep. smoking section and in a, your you school. Know, in our school, like Get it was like a, it was like a. I swear to God, it was a gated thing, and it was like a smoking section, and you could go over there and smoke a cigarette. The kids, it was high school. It was. I'm not. I mean, never we also had that. a rodeo team. Like Texas is fucking mm -hmm. off the rails. Like they don't. <laughs> <laughs> but it was always a kid in a rush jacket, you know, smoking a cigarette is always the thing. Well, the, yeah, he got it. It was this. This was the. <laughs> I feel like this was the. You know, the image that was everywhere that I. You know, it was that was just everywhere. Everybody it's had. Everybody it's had iconic. That image. Look at Neil yeah. Pert's mustache. Yeah. I did. <laughs> <laughs> How 70s is that? <laughs> it's got the, yeah, it's got the wax. Yeah, the little wax thing. I, I never trust a guy that has a little wax no, mustache. No, that that's that mustache screams you you could smell who he was with the night before. <laughs> <laughs> that's what's so great about, you know. And you know, it's like like I don't know, like your the band, the struts who we were talking about. It's like, you know, it's just like that's that's what I miss about the 70s, you know. And that band kind of brings back some of that vibe, but uh, yeah, they were they were far from a glam band. They would there was nothing scream glam about these guys. They tried. I mean, there's trust me, they're trying right now. It's just not they're not executing. I don't know what honestly. <laughs> I, I have, they're really trying so, to be glam. What it's they, just what, not what, no, are, are they or is are they wearing geese? I <laughs> I don't know. Like, okay, somebody's know wife. Somebody's wife dressed them. That's usually how it always is. It's always some chick, some some chick in a band, groupie, whatever. Somebody's it was a chick involved at some point. It always is, and then it's like, hey, you, you know, here, use my top. You know, like so, <laughs> there's, I'm sure these are actual girl tops at some point. The that's hilarious. Yeah. Well, they did the Bangkok, <laughs> Bangkok song. It was like, well, it's, we got to represent because we got the Bangkok song on here. <laughs> so we're gonna the bang out the gig. <laughs> Pretty cool. And then I think that's an actual gi. I don't know. Maybe he's a white. I think uh, Getty might be a white belt, and uh, <laughs> that's and maybe they were taking karate lessons, and they're like, okay, right. they're the like, oh shit, we got a we got a photo shoot, and then they just ran out <laughs> and got it. But good band. Thanks for um, you know letting me explore them again because uh, you know, like I always have records, but I just don't really appreciate them as much as I should. You know, like this. You know, I got I got Rush records. So I just I got moving pictures somewhere, but. Um, 
Yeah, it's really cool. Yeah. Signals, that's a good one too. I like signals. I signals think that, was good too. Yeah. That was a popular one in when Texas or whatever when we were growing up. That yeah, they had those they had the hit uh subdivisions on it. Yeah. I, had, I just remember the Dalmatian peeing on a fire hydrant. That's all I remember. <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes you just remember the album covers. I don't remember any of the music. And that's how it is with Rush, because every song is kind of great, but you don't I can't I can't really pick out too many Rush songs, you know. But uh you know, when you hear them, you definitely appreciate them. Absolutely. So, uh, Adam, what's um, what's new on vinyl? What's, All right. what's coming out this week? Thanksgiving week, Black Friday. Let me get my notes out here. There's uh, <laughs> Adam. Yeah, a new segment. We like it. <laughs> He's theme music or something. <laughs> well, I mean, this. So this Friday is Record Store Day uh, for Black Friday, and nice. there's probably. Probably about a hundred releases though. And and plus on top of all these bands releasing new albums too. I mean, the Smashing Pumpkins have uh Sear, their double album coming out on Friday, which uh awesome. supposed we to be should. a completely different sound for them too. It's more of a pop album. Um we should cover that. That'd be awesome. Yeah, yeah. It's um it's uh at one point I heard it was a kind of a spiritual sequel to Melancholy, but um That's my favorite but, album by them. Yeah, it's a great, great album. They also have a second album coming out on uh, vinyl on Friday called Pure Acoustic. And it's a collection of acoustic songs recorded in 91 and 93. So during uh, Gish and Siamese Dream. And I guess wow. um, I that think it's the first sick. time out on vinyl. So looks like a pretty good one. That sounds great. Um, let's see what else we got. Uh, That's the grunge days, too. Yeah. 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 Early 90s. And um I mean, the, 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 the song list looks incredible for it. There's is it, uh, is it their, is it unreleased stuff or is it, they're just stuff on acoustic, like a unplugged kind of thing? Well, I think it was stuff from what I read. It was stuff they recorded in 93. Um, but it, I don't know if it was, I, I think it's been out on a CD before. Oh, okay. I think this might be the first time it's out in final. Gotcha. Yeah. Billy Corgan used to release, like he recorded everything. He was a lot like Prince in that regard. Yeah. And he would release everything. And some stuff, you know, is better off not being released. You right. know, it kind of waters <laughs> down the product. You know, so I'm, yeah, I'm kind of curious about that. Is he, is he releasing, like, like Dustin said, are they going to be kind of like acoustic versions of songs like, uh, you know, how much more acoustic could Disarm be? You know? Right. And Disarm is on there too. Or today. Yeah. You know? Like well, just like with our Weezer that. episode, you know, sometimes it's like if you're a fan, you're gonna love it, you know. Yeah, it's like it That's doesn't, it, yeah. you know, it's like I'm sure it's gonna be great. Well, he was he was touring recently. Um, this is before the before the recent Smashing Pumpkins tour, where they were doing it. I think it was it was, you know, it was it was more stripped. Down. It wasn't completely acoustic, but it was more stripped down. Okay, and this is just with um, it was him and Jimmy Chamberlain. Uh, this is before James E. Hawk came back. But um, but all these are are stuff they recorded in the early '90s. Nice. Well, uh, it's um, Let's see what else we got. Uh, oh, <laughs> David Gilmore. What you got, <laughs> <laughs> what you got over there, boy? What you got? Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, David Gilmore's got a new uh, a new song. Yes, I have ghosts. Um, it's a seven inch. It's coming out. It's his first new one in five years. So a little bit of Pink Floyd there. But uh, nice. There's uh, Alanis Morissette is a double LP live at 
Let me see. Live at London's O2 Shepherd's Bush Empire, where she does all of Jagged Little Pill for the 25th nice. anniversary. I'd love to hear that. Yeah, and it's uh, that one's acoustic also. You like Alanis, um, uh, Jeff? Yes, I do. I've seen oh, her a couple oh, times. That's right. I forgot. You like Jewel, so you like all that chick kind that's, of angst. Rock yes, I, like Canadian, <laughs> I, like Canadian, I like Canadian chicks with big tits. <laughs> live in cars? Okay, cool. Gotcha. And you know, she was doing, she was doing that, uh, the 25th anniversary Jagged Little Pill tour with, uh, I think it was her, Liz Fair, and uh, Garbage. It would have been an incredible show. And uh, They toured together at one point. I saw them both together, yeah. Nice. And, um, you know, that got postponed because of COVID. But I think they I think they rescheduled for next year, though. Nice. She was also married That's to Ryan Reynolds for a short stint. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> Wait, when did this become the view? <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Checking in. Star the- Deadpool. <laughs> I don't know. You might know. <laughs> I love Deadpool. Are you crazy? That's that's one of my favorite movies lately. Movie. I'll get TJ on here. We'll do us. We'll do a cameo. Yeah, that'd be fun. There's uh, let's see what else. There's uh, Sharon Jones and the Dap Kings. Um, a uh, cover album just dropped in to see what condition my rendition is in. So it's uh, mm-hmm. twelve cover songs. Look like a pretty good one. What else you got? <laughs> All right, we got a. Uh, uh, <laughs> <laughs> got a uh, uh, Chris Cornell with um, Patience, so it's a seven-inch single. Patience and the uh, what the side of uh, Nothing Compares to You, which mm. was uh, oh, that's great. Yeah, I've heard oh, that. Yeah, times. they played on uh, they played on Sirius XM all the time. It's really, yeah, really yeah, good. Yeah, cover. he did a live one at Sirius, and it was yeah. phenomenal. That video is great. Yeah, yeah, I haven't heard his his uh, cover of Patience, but uh, I imagine it's gonna be pretty good. Uh, let's see. There's Willie Nelson uh, live at Willie. Austin City Limits, 1976. The first audio release. He does uh, "Redheaded Stranger" nice front to back. Nice. So he's he probably was the, the first. Artist, uh, yeah, I've seen the most live. Probably I've seen him like four times. He's fantastic. Yeah, I think this one was his. Uh, this might have actually been the first Austin City Limits episode too. Oh, awesome! This yeah, one I, I got, said first. I got Willie Nelson one. lyrics on my arm. Oh, Willie, nice. Willie. <laughs> Willie's the shit, man. <laughs> Uh, let's see i'm kind of jumping around here oh one of my favorite bands the hold steady they're putting out uh heaven is whenever the 10th anniversary double lp and um it's it's not one of my favorite albums of theirs but it's definitely worth a revisit um they got nine additional songs on it too and they have a bunch of songs they're they're actually next week they're playing uh three nights at brooklyn bowl they're, it's just gonna be a live stream but um I'm sure a lot of these songs will be on it all their albums are really just bar bar rock, solid bar rock. Nice. I like that bar rock. Yeah. We, won't, we won't be doing that for a while. But <laughs> right. <laughs> no, no more bars and rock for, for yeah. quite a while. Good. Yeah. This we'll is a great on. show, man. Very excited for uh, next week. We're going to be doing a live show. You guys should stick around after the show so we can talk about a few things. But very excited. You guys can uh, interact with us, which is going to be fun. It's like you guys can dispute all the craziness and... We can just rip on Jeff and his blue background. (laughs) (laughs) I go to such great lengths. We're gonna get you a poster. We're gonna get you a poster back there. But does it look like I'm I'm in twenty one twelve? Like I'm I'm in I'm in space now. Yeah. No, it doesn't look like you're in a corner. (laughs) (laughs) Your house. No one puts Jeff in the corner. (laughs) Awesome. Thank you guys for watching the show. Very excited. Uh, Get you some rush. 
all the albums are amazing. Uh, this this was this is definitely a spectacular album. And uh, thanks you for supporting us. And uh, we'll see you on Twitch next week. All right, everybody. Bye-bye. Bye, guys. Bye.